We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. From the hills of Strawberry Canyon, I'm Coin Dang, and this is the Golden Bear Cast. Let's go, go Bears! And welcome back to another episode of the California Golden Bear Cast, a part of the Blue Water Podcast Network. I'm Rob Vaughn. Andy, of course, is still in Mexico, uh, has not returned yet. Uh, so it's just me today, and uh, with me to talk about the Thanksgiving weekend Cal football game down at the Rose Bowl is Carlos from the No Truck Stops podcast. We're going to talk about UCLA. Carlos, how you doing this uh, day before Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving Eve. Yeah, Thanksgiving Eve. Doing, uh, I'm doing all right. I was at the, we had just talked about, I was at the UCLA Gonzaga basketball game yesterday. I was very excited for it. Came to Vegas for it. Uh, well, you know, one of the reasons I came to Vegas and uh, got blown out. So that was very cool. Um, very exciting stuff. Um, but other than that, you know, doing well. If, I, if, if the worst thing going on in my life is a two-hour basketball game where my team didn't look good, I guess I guess I can't complain too much. Unfortunately, <laughs> I have to watch the football team on Saturday. So, well, first world problems, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, let's get right into it. Um, I wanted the first thing I want to ask off the bat is give me your eval, your recap of the UCLA season so far, where they started, the expectations, whatever you want to talk about, about the UCLA football program, the floor is yours. Yeah, so I think talking about the UCLA season and its expectations has to be situated within like the Chip Kelly era and the trajectory. Um, this is year four of Chip Kelly. Um, and this was sort of the year that UCLA was intended intended to be building for the year that UCLA was going to pop. Um, Chip Kelly had some absolutely brutal um, seasons. Uh, his first two seasons, he went three and nine, four and eight. Last season, dead season, COVID year, um, UCLA improved pretty significantly, finished three and four. Um, but now one of the things that kind of keeps going around and is getting reported for good reasons or getting, getting made visible is um, now that UCLA is guaranteed to finish at, at best eight and four, Chip Kelly will have 
the worst four-year stretch of any UCLA football coach in history. He will be the worst UCLA football coach by win percentage in history. So I think give, UCLA had to go 9-3 and three to avoid that distinction for Chip Kelly. Um, this season, if you looked at it in a vacuum and didn't situate it within that, uh, that context, I think you'd say they had a good season. Um, they're seven and four right now. They have beaten teams that they should, um, and they have lost to the good teams. There have been no baffling losses. Um, there have been no losses where you sort of look at that and say, how did they lose to that team? They lost to a decent Fresno state team. They lost to what was then a very good Arizona state team has now is now just okay. But they're just okay. Um, they also aren't losing horrific games to teams that are much, much worse than them. Um, and their third loss was to, um, let's see, they lost to Fresno. Sorry, I'm, I'm blanking now. Fresno State, Arizona <laughs> State. Um, and I don't have the schedule up in front of me. Utah um, got blown mm-hmm. out by Utah. A pretty comfortable loss. And again, Utah is a good team. And right before that was uh, the loss to Oregon, um, a game that I think uh, was much uh, much more comfortable for Oregon than I think the final score and sort of the final sequences indicate. Like I think that Oregon pretty much dominated that game. UCLA made a late rally and uh, you know had a chance at the end, but um, really really were really lucky to to be in it. So. Four decent teams. None of those, I think, any there's any real shame in losing to them um, in outside of a vacuum. But just considering what UCLA had, UCLA was top ten in the country in returning production. Um, extremely experienced team, um, a team that we were told by Chip Kelly over and over again would be the one that would pop off. Right? I think uh, he has this. He has this very un- this saying that gets memed now um, among UCLA fans, which is. Um, you know, if you plant bamboo and you water it for the first year, nothing happens. And if you water it for the second year, nothing happens. And if you water it for a third year, still nothing happens. But if you continue to water it and on the fourth and you continue to water it until the fourth year, it right it grows dramatically and it doesn't stop growing. Um I guess this is the bamboo year, um, and it's just sort of ended in an eight and four. It's it's gonna it's it's an eight and four, seven and five season, right? Depending on the game with Cal. So, um, it's been more watchable and a more fun UCLA team than what we've had to suffer with from 2018 to 2020. It's not. I think it fell short of expectations. I think it fell way short of what we expected from chip kelly i think it fell way short of what we expected of the roster so um yeah i guess that's that's my evaluation of the season obviously i think ucla fans are buzzing right now um just because ucla did beat the absolute snot out of usc um hanging 62 on your rival is never uh never anything that people sneer at and uh, the takes around Chip Kelly kind of got muted for a bit, not because I think people were supportive, but just because it's USC. You want to beat your rival. You know what it was like to be the absolute piss out of your rival. You did it just this past weekend. Um, so it, it does quiet some of that, but uh, I, it doesn't mean I, I don't think that means his, his seat is comfortable or anything. So that's what I'd say about the season. Good team, fun team, not what was expected. Certainly not worth the three years that came before it. Well, I mean, the follow up I got to ask is. You know, you talked about Chip Kelly and 
the whole thing about Chip Kelly going into this season was this was a make or break year for him, right? Like the, as you said, the last three years weren't necessarily that great and all the hot seat, you know, columns and, and whatever, whatnot come out and Chip Kelly's usually at the top of the list, at least from the West coast, uh, you know, those, those articles. And then, uh, if, tell me if I'm wrong here, but I read I read something this week saying that Chip Kelly's buyout actually drops to zero after uh, some date early next year. So does does an eight and four season save him from that, or is the possibility of paying zero for a buyout is that too enticing to give up considering the last three years as well? Yeah, so I think the the buyout dropping to zero in January 2022, I believe it's like January 15th, 2022, yeah. uh, that buyout dropping to zero, really what that what that does, I think, is put Chip Kelly's fate solely in the athletic director's hands, uh, Martin Jarman, who started, mm-hmm. uh, I think, July 2020, actually, uh, or uh, July 2019, I can't remember, one of those two. Um, yeah. It puts it squarely in his hands. He doesn't have to rally donors um, and get uh, rich boosters to say, hey, uh, this isn't working. We're going to need to foot the bill for a buyout and foot the bill for a new coach. Um, we doesn't need to sort of rally the troops and and kind of make a convincing case to fire Chip Kelly. I think that he has much more agency over that decision, I think, um, than a lot of places do when they're ready to fire a coach. Mm-hmm. So uh, that that's how that factors in. I think an eight and four season doesn't guarantee him, uh, you know, th- they could, I've seen a couple of scenarios. If UCLA goes eight and four, one of the scenarios that I've seen out there um, reported from some UCLA folks is that um, Chip Kelly and UCLA could just mute, decide to mutually part ways. I think I saw this on Bruin Report online. Um, that was a conjecture that was thrown out there. They could decide to mutually part ways. Chip Kelly could say, I don't I don't really like being here in L.A. I don't really, you know, I, I kind of want to go be an offensive coordinator in the NFL or some other college or whatever. Um, and UCLA could say, oh, well, you know, it wasn't working out any well, so let's just mutually part ways. Let's not let's let's just go our separate ways here. Um alternatively chip kelly could say i found another job i'm gonna go take that instead um the other scenario is that ucla does fire him i think that's less likely if ucla goes eight and four and they say hey we're not signing this contract we're not doing this again um we want to be elite eight and four is not what we expected after four years of this um but i think what is most likely just from where i sit and knowing how the ucla athletics department has operated in the past historically um I don't think a coach has ever been fired. I, I I'm not sure if this has been if this has been. I'm sure I'm sure this has been verified. I looked this up a while ago, and I and and I feel very sure that no coach has been fired after beating USC. Um, coaches just don't get fired after beating USC. Uh, that I think indicates just how much that game <laughs> means for a lot of people. Um, and especially given the way that UCLA beat USC. So if they finish eight and four, they beat Cal. Um, I I would say that he's safe. Now, um, alternatively, if UCLA loses to Cal, and I think this is a very important game for UCLA, I don't think the, there are no stakes here, particularly for the coaching staff. If UCLA loses to Cal, his seat uh, and, and becomes engulfed in flames again. Um, and I think that there is a very high chance that uh, he will get 
he he won't he he will get fired. Um, particularly with a zero dollar buyout in January, people are sort of like, well, you know, his buyout's huge before January. But I'm like, either people, someone will be able to foot the bill for it, or they can say you're employed until January. We'll pay you until January, but some other guy's going to be the head coach and waiting. I don't know, and maybe that hurts recording. I I have no idea, but I I am I assume they're going to figure out with two months left of a buyout, something will get figured out. So. Um, yeah, I think that's, that's where the Cal game comes in. I think, uh, the, 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 and it's a, and it's a particularly, we'll talk, I'm sure we'll talk about this and you have many questions about it. It's a particularly tricky game because the thing with UCLA is they beat the bad teams and they lose to the good ones. And right now, as it sits, I have no clue if Cal is good or bad. (laughs) I can't, I, I think first half Cal, um, was brutal, had a lot of, yeah, that was a bad team since the bye week. Cal has looked good. Um, they 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 were competitive against Oregon. They beat the hell out of Oregon State. Um, their one loss was to Arizona, and they were missing like what thirty scholarship players. I don't think anyone kind of looks at that and says, "Yeah, that's a bad loss." Um, and then they went and and beat the hell out of Stanford. And Stanford is horrific, but they had Tanner McKee in that game, and Tanner McKee is really their only source of offense. That's not a wholly unimpressive beatdown. The way that I don't know. Utah beat them down or something where they were rolling out Jack West and all those <laughs> other kids. So I'm not sure that. So here, here's my theory. Um, if UCLA beats Cal, Cal is a bad team. And if, and if uh, <laughs> UCLA loses to Cal, Cal is a good team because that makes sense with what UCLA has done this year. And, and we can say that definitively. Um, but yeah, that's, that's what I'd say about Chip Kelly and, and, and what this game means, I think for his tenure. Well, I mean that's the perfect transition, and let's let's head into the game a little bit and focus in on UCLA for the time being. What is there a player on offense that Califans sh- uh, should know about when watching this game? Yeah, if they don't already, I'm sure the Cal fans are very well aware of Dorian Thompson Robinson. He mm-hmm. um, is uh, he's he's been awesome this year. I'm just gonna say it. I know that um, UCLA fans are frustrated with him. I am sure that fans around the Pac-12 have uh, kind of an idea of who Dorian Thompson-Robinson is based on his prior years. That's not who Dorian is anymore, I think. Um, Some of the absolutely baffling fumbles and mistakes that he was making in 2018, 2019, um, those are gone. Uh, we 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 have seen one of those fumbles where he just kind of like slips out of his hand for no apparent reason. And, uh, you know, we did see a forward pass 10, 10 yards past the line of scrimmage. One of the most baffling things I have ever seen. I can't remember what game that came against, uh, but I, I got to go post a highlight or something because that was insane. You know, it's like 10 years past, 10 yards past the line of scrimmage. Who does that? But anyway. Um... We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Besides those two moments, I think Dorian Thompson-Robinson has had a good season. I think for about the first two-thirds of the season, um... His first halves were subpar. I think he 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 can miss throws deep, um, and uh, can't can't always connect on the deep throws. And in this offense where UCLA is very run oriented, hitting deep throws is a, lo- a lot of what he's asked asked to do when he's passing. Um, but he's he's outside of that, he's been incredible. Um, I think that he's gotten much better at figuring out when to tuck it and run. He's gotten much better at making the throws he needs to make. Um, Chip Kelly's offense, for all for as much as I hate that man, uh, Chip Kelly's offense is very good at scheming receivers open, um, and Dorian yep. Thompson-Robinson hits them. So obviously DTR, a big one. And then I'll throw in, uh, uh, you Cal fans probably know about Zach Charbonnet. He's been all over the place, uh, an incredible running back. Um I'd say Greg Dulcich is the other one. You know, if I were to pick three guys and sort of the three-headed monster there, Greg Dulcich there, tight end, has been UCLA's leading receiver for a couple of years now. Um, I think is has really great hands. Not a great blocker. I would At one point, he was kind of tasked with blocking Kayvon Thibodeau. Not something I would do ever. <laughs> um, but um, that's what... That's what happened. Uh, but Greg Dulcich is, is is an incredible pass catcher. Is oftentimes UCLA's option number one when trying to trying to get 20, 30 yards on a throw. So um, those are the players that I think stick out the most. I mean, they've got a number of other playmakers. Casimir Allen, who's very fast. Uh, Britton Brown, another bruiser, wasn't available for the last game. Um, and then a you know mix of receivers. The offensive line is mostly good um i'm not sure how many standouts there are i'm not like an offensive line guru it's really hard to evaluate but um but as a whole as a unit they were decent so anyway dorian thompson robinson uh zach charbonnet and greg dulcich in that order i think all right let's switch over to the other side of the ball which players on defense uh should cal fans know about you know i think uh so as as cal fans might know um, and if they don't, UCLA's defense is horrific. Um, it's bad. It's top, it's bottom <laughs> three in the league, I think. It's it's absolutely brutal. Uh, it's always, it's hard for me to figure out what this UCLA defense is good at at any given time. I think there was a period in time where some people thought that UCLA's run defense was good because statistically it, quote, was. Um, they were leading the league, the Pac-12, in rushing yards allowed per game for quite a while. Um, But I think people who watched these games would tell you that that is because UCLA secondary is notoriously horrifically bad Um, for about three years now, three years straight UCLA has allowed, has been dead last in passing yards allowed this year being no exception. Um, that secondary is has some serious talent deficiencies and for a while had some schematic problems, but I think schematically it's improved, but only only to cover up for the talent and it's still not particularly good. Um, and in fact, I'd still say it's bad. Um, so I'm, 
you know, I think that the player that I think gets the most recognition, and I think deservedly so sometimes, is Mitchell Agude, the edge rusher along the defensive line. Um, he's a great edge rusher, I, I, but I think that um, I don't. I don't think that I would put him in the in the top tier of edge rushers in the Pac-12. Um, Mika Tafua out of Utah, Kayvon Thibodeau, obviously. Um, just those guys, I think Mitchell Lagude has some moments, um, and can really get off the edge, but I, I, uh, you know, I, he's not, he's not the kind of playmaker that I think some of the other guys are, um, UCLA fans. I've heard a number of times bring up Carl's Carl Jones, but he doesn't get much playing time. So I wouldn't worry about him too much. <laughs> he should, it sounds like, um, he's very fast and, um, and is really good at ball pursuit, but. Doesn't doesn't really get much time, so not not a huge name. Um, Quantrez Knight, I think um, the defensive back for UCLA uh, has also has moments where uh, you know he can really he can really affect the outcome of a play. They'll they'll often send him on blitzes and and get, try to get pass rush, with, you know, kind of send him to blitz and see if they can't disrupt anything in the backfield. Um, and and oftentimes it, he'll he'll make a mess back there. But in general, what UCLA has tried to do this year is get to the quarterback um, and disrupt things in the backfield. And when they have to play a bad team that does not have a particularly good offensive line um, or is not a particularly well-coached offensive line, they'll get home. And if they play a team that's decently well-coached and has some talent along the offensive line, they don't get home. And when UCLA's pass rush is not getting home, when Mitchell Agude is not getting home, um, then UCLA's defense falls apart and has zero answers for anything. Um, if they're not getting sacks, and and they often don't, um, they often do not get to the backfield. Um, it's it's rough sledding. So um, I think I think against Cal, I think hard to say, but my my hunch is that it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a problem. I don't think Cal's offensive Cal's offensive line is bad. I would not describe it as bad. Um, I think Chase Garbers does not have to often. He does sometimes, but does not have to often run for his life. I think the way that um, you know someone like uh, Tanner McKee really um, last game, um, Jack West. You know the Stanford offensive line is that can be absolutely brutal. Colorado's offensive line up until the point where they fired their offensive line coach was horrific. So <laughs> yeah, that's what I'd say about UCLA's defense. If I had to pick a player, it's going to be Mitchell Agude. But I got to tell you, that's for Cal fans who don't know. That's the absolute worst part of this team. Um, and which part of it is the worst depends on what's happening, but it's typically the secondary. Man. Uh, uh, gives me hope. Makes me hopeful. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I, what do you, what do you think? What have you thought? I'm curious what you think of Cal's offensive line and what's that, you know, I've, I've, I've obviously listened a couple of times, but overall on the season, how would you describe Cal's offensive line? And do you feel like, I, I mean, I really like Cal's running backs and I really like their running game. I really yeah. like Christopher Brooks. Um, I really like, uh, uh, Oh, uh, D is it Dancy? Um, yeah. Marcel Dancy. Yes. Marcel Dancy. Yes. Thank you. Um, I really like them. I think they really get, but I, I don't know. Do you, do you, do you feel like that offensive line is consistent? Does it depend? I think it's, they've gotten better as the season's progressed. I still wouldn't put them in the upper echelon of the le of the conference yet. But as you said, mm -hmm. I, bad is not a word I would use to describe them. There's, there's lapses, mm -hmm. but I, I would, I would put them at, at least the floor would just be just the, 
bang middle of the conference. Just mm-hmm. not great, not bad, but enough to win you games. Right. Um, but then right. there's also games where they play out of their minds, right? Like Oregon State against Stanford. Right. They're just there are games where they play out of their minds. So I as you said, I don't know which one we'll get when we play UCLA. And it's all come in the back half of the season. Um, yeah. All of those, their yep. best, their best games, I think, have come in the back half of the season, and I think that's encouraging. Um, for if you're a Cal fan, not not as UCLA, not as a UCLA <laughs> fan, uh, as a Cal fan, I think that's encouraging. Like, like that uh, that offense is balled out. I mean, they had some moments actually in the in the first half of the season that offense balling out, but um, particularly in the second half of the season, post bye week. They've looked good, and I think that's that's trouble for UCLA because if they're again if they're not going to be able to get to Chase Garbers and Chase Garbers himself is mobile, um, and he's gonna he's gonna be able to get away and or be able to truck some guys and shed some tackles. If UCLA is not going to be able to get to, get home to him, um, they're cooked. I mean, we got a couple more days to do some more predictions and analysis. <laughs> hopefully, us. Uh, hopefully, someone's right. That's all I ask. <laughs> that that one of us at least knows something about our team that that becomes true. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. It's it's just one. It's it's once again like I said this about Stanford. Like for us, like our last three games are the California circuit and. Whenever you play the California schools, like it might not be your biggest rival, but it is a rivalry game to a certain mm-hmm. degree that every all, all rationale gets thrown out the window. Like something just happens, right? Whether it's, mm-hmm. you know, our guys from L.A. that are playing down there or the NorCal guys like playing against us in a UCLA uniform, just everything just gets thrown out. So who knows? Who knows? I didn't think the Stanford game was going to be a blowout, but it ended up being a blowout. So who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Right. Um, yeah, no, you're totally right. And just about yeah. that, like, uh, I'm, I'm, I hope if UCLA wins, uh, that'll be great. And, uh, we'll get to claim that very dumb Kings of California thing that Stanford fans have been <laughs> claiming for forever. Didn't even know that was a thing. Stanford fans totally made that up. Um, and if Cal wins, I hope y'all beat USC so you can claim it. So again, I just, Stanford lives in my nightmares. Um, and I'm, I, I just, I just hope that someone gets to claim that made up trophy, um, that they've that they've constructed in their imaginations. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, man, that yeah, that dark dark place. Never need to return. <laughs> All right, uh, we kind of talked about this briefly, but I do want to get your thoughts on this. Uh, in terms of the game, what does UCLA need to do to win this game? Yeah, I think uh, kind of like we talked about, they've got to get home. I think they've got to get home to Chase Garbers um, in the pass rush. Uh, we can't really trust that secondary to hold for very long. And so it needs to, it needs to disrupt some things in the backfield. <sighs> that rush defense. I'm not, I'm not, I think if they can get, get back to chase Garbers, it would help the rush defense tremendously, but I'm still not entirely confident that Christopher Brooks and Marshall Dancy are, aren't going to get whatever they want. Um, I think offensively UCLA needs to, you know, the, the nice thing about UCLA's offense, it's a, it's a good offense. It's a top 10. It's a top 20 offense in the country, I think, per SP+. Um, the nice thing is I feel like UCLA's offense can win in a variety of ways. If, um, if they do run the ball 50 times as they want to do with Zach Charbonnet and Britton Brown um, and Keegan Jones a little bit, uh, their third kind of running back doesn't get a ton of touches, but is out there and, and has, and, you know, has had some successes. Um, if, 
if that running back trio can get going, um, that would be extremely helpful. Um, that would obviously go a long way for UCLA's chances at winning this game. But the nice thing is I feel like Dorian Thompson Robinson has won UCLA games from, you know, using his arm um, and his legs. I think he's he's kept UCLA in games just running um, and being an absolute pain in the ass running out of the pocket um, and kind of tucking it and making sure he gets 10, 15 yards. Um, he kept UCLA in the game against, for example, Arizona State, um, where absolutely nothing going on in the running game. Um and UCLA was only competitive for as long as it was because Dorian Thompson Robinson was able to tuck it and run. So um, the nice, so all to say, the nice thing is UCLA can win in a number of ways. Cal's defense has been up and down this year, as I'm sure you know, which is very weird. Um, typically, what we've seen in Justin the win Justin Wilcox years, it's a struggling offense and um, a really good stout defense. But defensively, feels like Cal has fallen off some. Although, again, second half of this year. Um, much, much better. Even against, even in the Arizona game, you know, it's like it was a zero, zero score, like in the fourth quarter. So, um, they've had their moments. They've also had some breakdowns second half of the, uh, of the season. Obviously Cal's defenses look good. So, um, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm really curious to see if like, uh, how much of that holds up. Um, can, can Dorian Thompson Robinson take advantage of Cal's down secondary um i think that secondary was really really good prior to this year um or prior to 2020 but again 2020 how much does that count i don't really know prior to 2020 that cal secondary was very good and i understand that that was probably because of the loss of an assistant coach but um can can ucla scheme receivers open against them and still still be able to get chunk yards um so i think there's a variety of paths to winning on offense, it's the defense that I think is going to matter the most, and I think is a bellwether for Cal for Cal too. Um, is is um, are Brooks and Dancy going to be able to get the chunk yards that they have? Three hundred and fifty-two rushing yards against Stanford is absolutely insane. Kind of probably probably says a little bit more about Stanford's run defense than I think it yep. does about Cal's run game. Um, but uh, especially given how, given that they, I think they gave up 400 yards to Utah the week before. Yep. Um, but um, I, I still think those running backs are good. And if UCLA's, if, if UCLA falters in any one of the areas in the pass rush or in rush defense, they're cooked and it's going to be, it's going to be a shootout probably um and you might say well i don't know if we want to get in a shootout with ucla that ucla offense can get stagnant it's not invulnerable it's not invincible um it's it it can get stagnant um it can start doing some really dumb stuff and running out trotting out three tight ends and getting into some weird formations and doing some tinkering and experimentation <laughs> um and cal's defense is good enough to to make them pay for it so it's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be the defense if ucla's defense is i don't know uh, if it looks like it's a top 60 defense, I think UCLA has a good shot of winning. Frequently, it's not, though. So that's that's going to be where the game is won or lost, I think, is is how much can Cal take advantage of that secondary? Is Chase Garbers... Chase Garbers can sling it, but also sometimes he's brutal. If he's on against UCLA, and he very well could be, um, that secondary is cooked. Um, he's one of the few quarterbacks in the Pac-12, I think, that can take advantage of UCLA's secondary because of what he can do downfield and the throws that he can make downfield oftentimes again, not super consistent this year, but he can do it. So that's what I'd say. Um, it's going to be, it's going to be on the defense of any, if any phase of the defense falters, the rest of it's just sort of crumbles. So. 
I mean, you already talked about uh, the next question I was going to ask, which was, what does Cal need to do the game? So we're going to skip over that one. We're going to go straight to your prediction of how you think this game is going to go. Uh, I mean, <laughs> this game is by far the most unpredictable to me so far this season. I think um, uh, Fresno, uh, just thinking about UCLA's losses, it's like I saw the Fresno State loss kind of coming, saw the Arizona State loss possibly coming. I thought, hey, if UCLA's good, they'll beat Arizona State. But if they're if they're not that good, they're going to lose. And they lost. Um, saw the lost Oregon and Utah coming because they were good teams. I feel like you could predict what UCLA is going to, if you've been watching UCLA, you could predict, you could pretty reasonably predict what they're going to do week to week. Mm -hmm. um, assuming you just sort of go off of what they've done this season. They're very consistent. The issue is I have no idea what Cal team is going to show up. If it's the back <laughs> half, if, if truly the back half of this season is an indicator of where this Cal team is, I think I think Cal's going to be able to get what it wants in the, in, uh, on the ground offensively. I think Chase Garber's, is going to get is going to have a big game. I think this this might be a big Chase Garbers game if I'm being if I'm being honest. Um, more so than I think they're running game because I think the weakest part of UCLA's defense is that secondary, and I know Chase Garbers can can make throws that are needed to kind of make them pay. I think um, so. I, the, if UCLA loses, Chase Garbers is going to have a big game. Um, the rushing attack will be good, but I think it, again it'll fall on Chase's shoulders. Um, and I think UCLA's offense will have, you know, a, a stretch in the middle where, where they'll come three, four straight possessions without a score or maybe a field goal here and there. Um, if that's if, the, if UCLA loses, that's typically how they lose. They'll start hot, kind of in the middle, stagnate, and then pick it up again late. Um, if UCLA wins, um, and, and to be clear, I think Cal could absolutely blow out UCLA. Um, that's totally in the cards. Cal, Cal could come with a close win, or they could blow out UCLA. I think those are equally likely. And the same is true for the—I mean, this is just how much I have no idea what's going to happen in this game. <laughs> UCLA could win in a close one, or they could blow out. I like—you know, oftentimes you go into games and you're like, yeah, you know, I think it's Cal is either going to win close, or UCLA is going to blow them out or win close. Like, those are the three options, and you kind of rank them. They're equal to me. I have no idea. Um I think if UCLA is going to win and they're going to win comfortably, it'll be because they do get home to chase Garbers and they make a mess in the backfield. If they do that, UCLA has a great chance of, 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 of beating Cal somewhat comfortably, possibly again, though, that's not like <laughs> it's, it's like less than a coin flips chance that that actually happens given what <laughs> UCLA wants to do defensively. So, um, yeah, I think those are the two paths. If I had, if I had to pick, if I if I absolutely just needed to pick, oh my god, I, I think Cal is good. I think Cal is fine. <laughs> I think that I I think they're, um, they they, I, I I made a prediction preseason that Cal would finish second in the Pac-12 North. If uh if <laughs> if Oregon State um beats Oregon and Washington State wins, they will be tied for second in the North. Um, which is hilarious to me. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and say, I'm going to, I'm just going to be, uh, I know what I'll be rooting for. I'll be rooting for a Cal win. Uh, I'd love to see Chip Kelly get fired. Um, <laughs> and I think, and I think Cal is good enough to do it. I think they have, they have the pieces that are needed to do it. They've looked really good. They have the momentum. I know that Justin Wilcox is kind of getting laughed at right now because it's being floated for the Washington job. But um, I I think he's a I think overall 
might be better than Chip Kelly as a coach and might might be better at making some of the adjustments that are needed. Chip Kelly is a great offensive coach, but um, I don't know. Uh, I'm going to say Cal wins, though. I'll, I'll pick him to win by three. I don't know. The score... The score could be 45 to 42, or it could be like 27 to 24. This game, no clue. This is the most confusing game of all season for me as a UCLA fan. I mean, people who are listening to this can't see the video, uh, but like you could just see the internal strife that Carlos had where he was like trying to figure out like he had like the angel and devil on both of his shoulders. And he was like trying to figure out which one he wanted to listen to. It was just, ah, ah. Uh, decisions. <laughs> you can see it. Oh, man. Well, I mean, there's one last question we ask all of the people that come on this uh, preview pod every week. And I always have to uh, put this disclaimer, like preface the question. We don't condone violence. Violence is not something we condone. All right. But. But. <laughs> if you were in a. If, the but is huge. If you were in a bubble and you didn't did not have any repercussions, okay, who whom would you most want to punch in the face? <sighs> um, my, uh, my <laughs> does this have to be Pac-12 football related? I mean, no, I, I I'd no, start no, with a we, bunch of politicians. No, we've uh, gotten politicians. I, we had uh, I think it was Oregon State. Uh, we had or Colorado, where he came on and said the guy who's been taking my parking spot. <laughs> <laughs> so, and we've had all the way up to politicians so like it, it goes all across the board oh god there's so many people <laughs> oh man picking one is so hard um i'm gonna say my i'm gonna say my um city council member there's there are a few people who i hate i'll disclose his name so this so was not to dox myself here but uh, my city council member is absolutely horrible. Um, he's a, he's a Democrat. I, I, I people people out there should know. I'm like, I'm like just very very far left. I I'm I'm like I I absolutely hate the precarity that people have to deal with. Uh, I absolutely hate um, the police state that we live in. I hate all of it. And um, there's just been a few moments during you know the the past year or two where I've just, I've just begged my city council member to listen to the thousands of people who are talking to him, trying to tell him what they want and for him and constantly him just ignoring it. So my city council member is probably, he's probably number one. And then number two is Mario Cristobal because I think he's horrific um, and is, <laughs> and is an amazing recruiter and it. He drives me nuts. He drives me absolutely nuts um, because I don't think he's a good coach, but he's proof that you don't need to be. You can just, Get a bunch of blue chips and uh, be good. And I just uh, makes me so mad. Makes me so mad that that's all that that he's doing. He's 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 Jim Mora to me. <laughs> well, let's just hope the Miami job opens up and he ends and he goes home <laughs> for for everyone's sake. Go home, Mario. Go home to Florida, Mario. Go home. Well, uh, Carlos, thanks for uh, joining the pod and talking about UCLA. Um where can the fine folks of Cal fandom find the No Truck Stops podcast and uh, what you guys talk about? Yeah, we talk about Pac-12 stuff. We talk about um, 
every we've we've talked about every team at length feels like almost every week which we promised we wouldn't do but we end up doing anyway just because we pay attention to the league and love the league this very dumb silly league yeah uh people can follow us on twitter at no truck stops pod um we have an instagram that's kind of inactive i'm bad at it um my co-host told me not to do it but i did it anyway um (laughs) at no truck stops pod also um and yeah come 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 yell at us about how we're talking about Cal. we obviously watch a lot of Cal games. One of my co-hosts, uh, Avery brave at brave underscore grapes on Twitter. I think she tweeted something like, Oh, I've watched every Cal game this year. And Cal fans were like, why would you do that? I haven't even watched every Cal game this year. This is a true statement. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, uh, it's, um, uh, yeah, it's, it's a little embarrassing that we're like, yeah, of course. Yeah. We've watched almost every, I've watched almost every Cal game. This is like one or two that I missed. Um, but uh but yeah at no truck stops pod and you know we 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 love hearing from other people and and hearing their thoughts around the league it's just it's just been a it's been a it's been a weird year it's been a dumb year um this is actually for for cal fans who don't know and aren't keeping up with the pac-12 this is the worst year for the conference since 1961 if you paid attention to simple rating system um which just looks at average point differential versus opponents opponent adjusted point differential um so yeah, this is this is a horrific year, and you know whoever whoever comes out on top of it, congratulations. It might not might not be Oregon. It'd be cool to see someone else um, take it. So we'll obviously talk about that and what Rose Bowl implications mean for which teams and, and that sort of thing. There you have it, folks. Another great podcast uh, to listen to and get your Pac-12 fix. But uh, that's it for here on the Golden Bear Cast. Uh, I'm Rob Hong, and as always, go Bears. Mm-hmm.